Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed. Thank you guys so much for coming back for another episode, for another week, for another show of Passion Project show. Sure. Yeah, we'll keep chugging along here. Um, I'm so blessed that you guys tune in each week. Um, If you're new, welcome to Passion Project. Um, Welcome to the show. We interview guests all about what they're passionate about and what they love. Um, If you are new, go and listen to some older episodes. We'd love to hear from you guys. Leave us a review um, in Apple. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. If you want to reach out on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, passionproject.pod. If you want to email me directly, it's passionprojectpod.org at gmail.com. Y'all know the things. Um, We would love to hear from you. If you want to suggest a guest, if you want to be on the show, if you want to uh, ask me a question, go ahead and email us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Again, guys, I'm just so grateful for you all and love you all so much. And thank you for tuning in each week. This week on Passion Project, we have such an incredible guest, guys. Episode 25 um, I can't believe that. I don't know if you can believe it, but we're here and I'm excited to keep going. Episode 25, because that's halfway to 50. So let's, you know, I'll just keep doing the best I can, get out as many episodes as I can, and maybe we'll make it to 50 as soon, you know, sometime next year. We'll see. <laughs> um, but episode 25, we have such an incredible guest. His name is Cam Jones. He is a wonderful friend he is an actor a writer but most of all you guys will all know him from the youtube show goal guys um if you don't know go check it out he and his brother um started this youtube channel and uh essentially go through different types of goals each month there's a lot of different things going on over at goal guys so we talk all about that his upbringing in canada that's right we have another canadian and get ready for more canadians on the show guys canada is going to be represented so much on the show <laughs> uh, as you guys know i'm half canadian so um that automatically you know i just know a lot of canadians so I feel like Canada isn't represented as much, so I need to represent them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear Cam. Like I said, if you uh, are more interested in his channel, him and his brother's channel, Goal Guys, I provided some links down below in the description. You can go follow them as well. And yeah, without further ado, here is episode 25 with Cam Jones of Passion Project. So, do you are you like formally Cam Jones or is it? <laughs> I Cam Cameron. Mostly my mom calls me Cameron, but yeah, mostly just Cam Jones. Yeah. Is it just Cam? Is that yeah, something that you like came to like later? Like you liked Cam more later in life, or just just always like Cam? I think more of my close friends started calling me Cam. So then, and it felt more and more like my family would call me Cameron. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like. Cam just fit a little bit better and Cameron was reserved Mm -hmm. for uh mother (laughs) mother Jones yes and then the middle a little more right (laughs) yeah exactly the full one when it's when it's really serious yeah 
Well, Cam Jones, welcome to Passion Project. Uh, thank you so much thank for being you. on. Um, yeah, like we said before it. we were recording, it's been, I mean, it's probably been over five years since we've seen each other. It's been a very long time. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember we auditioned a couple of times in college and for mm -hmm. shows in theater because you majored in theater, right? Yeah. 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 Theater and music. Okay. And, and, um, and then I would see you in a bunch of shows. I kind of, I realized that it was going to take too much of my time and it does yeah. and i ba basically i would have had to stay for just a theater minor for like another year and i was like i don't what no i'm good yes yeah, we're that it's a good call it's yeah. a good call as much as i love theater and i love that medium of art uh, right yes yeah, we're swear that yeah and i was like i don't really want a double major so like i just decided to like finish my degree it's a whole long story of like i came in with a lot of credits because i was homeschooled but um, oh wow yeah, that's a whole different story. That's cool. Yeah. Love, love the homeschooling conversation. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we met, you know, just a couple of times, but, you know, following your path of where you are now, it's so cool to see where you are. And I've always, I mean, listeners will know, like, I've kind of come to this realization of um, doing this show. Like, I just have to ask people and be willing to, like, put myself out there and be like, hey, you want to come do my show? And like 98 percent of the time people will say yes and so yeah i'm yeah. just very grateful that you're have the time to do this yeah you gotta shoot your shoot your shot buddy i respect yeah. it yeah I was, I was excited when i got the message i was like of course yeah yeah i'm, I'm so down <laughs> what else are we doing right now really no <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i'm home you know especially right now here in vancouver there's a bunch of right. smoke outside so i'm really not going outside at all yeah so i just I, my best friend lives my best friend lives in san diego and um Ooh. yeah he said like the other day there was like ash falling and it looked like snow and yeah as of recording this we're recording this in mid-september um this won't come out for a while just so you know but um mm. yeah it is yeah that's it's so it's all the way up in Vancouver, even the fires? Yeah, yeah. The Because there's lots going on, I think, in Oregon. I'm not exactly sure where they all are. I know there was a, a gender <laughs> right. reveal that really uh, prompted some Oh, that's right. I did hear fires. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we're just getting a little bit of the 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 smoke blowing up our way. So okay. looks very apocalyptic outside, very Blade yeah. Runner uh, 2049 <laughs> out here. What so. a great reference. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Great movie. Yeah. Um, are you in the city, like in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. I live on I live on Main Street in Vancouver. That's great. Wow, literally like the street in the heart of it, buddy. <laughs> in the heart of it. Yeah, I love. Yeah, amazing city. I'm really lucky to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll get into that. Um, but I do want to talk about. I keep asking people kind of about their Rona journey. Is what I keep calling it. Um, sure. In in the last couple episodes, I've been calling. We've been calling it like Miss Rona. Um, right? that, sounds, that sounds incredibly elegant <laughs> that is true for a not like a very um <laughs> disease yeah exactly yeah <laughs> a little too much credit for right. uh, miss rona there yeah um well what has been your kind of story with it i mean have, has thing have things changed a lot for you or does it kind of look the same? I, I find that everyone's story is so different. So I love hearing yeah. the journey. Yeah, it, it's been a little bit of both. Like in some ways, especially with my work, it has not changed. Um, I work doing YouTube videos. So I am at home filming myself, editing. I'm home alone a lot for work anyway. So 
I think everyone's getting a, little, a bit of a taste of my <laughs> world now working right. from home and video calls and all that sort of thing. So in that element, it was pretty easy to transition. My work was pretty much the same, except for my girlfriend would come and work with me. So I had a coworker, which was great. Mm. So that was really nice. Had that a, is nice. <laughs> yeah, my office doubled in size. So incredible <laughs> times for me. Um, outside of that, though, it's been strange. Um, living in Canada and going to the university, uh, going to university in the States. A lot of my friends are in the United States. A lot of my family lives back where I grew up on the East coast of Canada. Mm. And so with travel restrictions and 14 day quarantines on travel and all that stuff, I have not seen a lot of my close friends and family in quite Mm. some time now. So that's been the biggest thing that's been crazy about all this is, on one hand, it feels very normal right. with work and things like that. On the other hand, it feels strange not being able to move around, travel, right. see people. Yeah, so yeah, it's, been, it's been, been a little up and down. Yeah, we've been in this place. We moved during the pandemic, which is moving itself Vicious. is horrible. But then, well, yeah. we had to. <laughs> My wife started right medical now. school um, in Norfolk, Virginia. We live in Norfolk now. Um, and yeah well moving itself is horrible and then like during a pandemic it's like even worse so um we we're in this place of like we want to like go out and make friends in this new city we're in but then (laughs) also we like can't do that yeah yeah oh that's hard it's such a weird thing um we're like trying to adjust but it's it's a whole thing but i wonder i always ask people kind of two things about this whole time is like a, like how have you been processing it and b like what do you do for like self-care because i feel like this time especially that like we all need to be so we're also aware of how we should like take care of ourselves yeah yeah processing has been interesting like i said it's definitely been a roller coaster because i think when things first started to really lock down and closed shop in in mid-March or whenever Mm -hmm. it was um, it all seemed novel and fun and initially I was posting memes on Instagram about oh because I thought it was gonna be like two weeks initially Mm -hmm. for some reason it was yeah it wasn't really presented in the full scope of the severity of it and so it was all fun and novel I was like wow I get to spend so much time I'm with my partner and we're working together. This is so fun. Um, and then a month passed and it's like, well, oh, I haven't really seen anyone and I haven't really <laughs> gone anywhere. And um, I go to the grocery store and that's it. And then mm. it started to weigh a bit where you really start to miss those normalcies of regular life. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of it has been slow and steady changes and expectations Mm. and learning how to live more closely with the people that you are able to see, Um, spending more time with those. It really throws a lot of uh, interesting scenarios that you're not Mm. usually faced with, with your your partner or like your family or whoever it is you're living with. And so you, you figure those out as you go, but it also adds these elements of, um perspective towards the relationships you have with people puts definitely more of a value for me i've found on my friends and my family mm. i don't think there's ever been a time in my life where i've missed people so much yeah um which for someone who i think i'm a very independent person um is very new and i think there's been a lot of extreme feelings of like loneliness throughout right. this 
um, feelings of really, really missing people. Um, that's been the biggest thing for me to mm-hmm. tackle and overcome alongside yeah. the like regular challenges of just being closer to like my partner and not being able to see as many people. But yeah, man, it's been, it's been a learning process. That's for sure. Yeah. They yeah. I know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I'm a huge extrovert, so I thrive on like being with people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely the first cause, and I, I used to work in the school system. So I was like kind of automatically like put inside and, um, yeah, it was a huge adjustment. It definitely was, you know, I was trying to find things to like fuel the, like being creative like i bought got a piano and like started playing music at home i've said before and yeah just trying to like do things and not get bored (laughs) totally 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 yeah i think for me it's come at a really interesting time because i think i've been living in vancouver for three years Mm -hmm. and i think it's been an interesting transition living here and transitioning where i've taken my hobby and made it my career Right. And I think that left me in a place where I then had no hobbies. Mm. So when your hobby becomes your career, it inevitably, it inevitably changes for you. It becomes right. different. It like becomes a business. It becomes a livelihood. There's people mm. I have to pay, all these sorts of things. And so add on COVID and quarantines and all those sorts of things. Yeah. And it really, you really have to analyze your life and figure out how to take care of yourself better and mm. how to, how to better manage certain things because I couldn't see my friends, which is normally how I spend my free time. And so uh, trying to, trying to do the same thing, like got a piano, started playing yeah. some piano, started picking up some hobbies, just trying to fill my life with things that I like. Yeah. Um, that are watching, make me a bit watching all the Netflix that I can in the world. Oh, Tiger King got cooked. I never watched TV, but Tiger King got, I obliterated that show. Yeah. 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 And it's fine. I, I, I'm still asking people about their Corona journey mostly because like, obviously we're still in, in it. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. That's the thing. But I feel like it's never, unfortunately, like we're never going to not be talking about the pandemic in the next like yeah. 20 years, which is unfortunate, but <laughs> also like, it's definitely, I mean, people joke about that, you know, like before Corona BC, like, and after Corona, and those times but I really think like it's definitely um you know shaped us in a in an interesting way as a country and a a culture and it's just as as human beings even um but it's yeah I I find each person's journey so different you know I've had moms on here talking about homeschooling their children and (laughs) all of that yeah my sister's a teacher so she's like having to do the online thing and everyone's just like yeah it's all like we're all just having to learn how to uh, adjust and I feel like now that we're in what we're like it's been like seven months maybe I think yeah we're like seven or eight months like we we've all kind of adjusted a little bit better than we were in May yeah (laughs) yeah 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 well, thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, we're gonna swerve left and go past hey, swerve, Corona. Swerve left and go past the coronavirus uh, and talk all about Cam Jones. <laughs> Ooh, let's do it. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Well, so we've obviously kind of ex- um, talked about it, discussed it a little bit, but you are born and raised in Canada. You told me, but where specifically in Canada were you? 
where you're from? I was I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland. Okay. Um, and yep. then I, I've been there. I grew up. No way. Yeah. Dude, no one ever says that. <laughs> um, so props to you for being incredibly cultured. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I grew up in a small little farm town called Sussex, New Brunswick. Okay. Um, lived there. Until oh, that's I right. Yes. High yes. school. Yeah. My yeah, dad's yeah, from so. Fredericton. That's crazy. Your yeah. dad lived like an hour and 15 yeah. minutes from me. That is so, honestly, I bet some of your family knows my family. Probably. Like, that's that's very New Brunswick. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. knows everyone there. And, so. and specifically my grandparents knew everyone. So I'm not even surprised that like, it's yeah. like our families were friends or, or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I vaguely remember like meeting you. Uh, actually, I think I fir- when I first met you, it was like after an audition, we were like waiting to see who would get callbacks. And we were like hanging sure. out in the hallway. And you were like, oh, I'm from Canada. And I was like, oh, my dad's from Canada. And you said New Brunswick. And I was like, wait. This is crazy. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm always, I always have to explain it. They're always like, where's that? And I'm like, you know, it's above Maine. That's literally yeah, above Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And pe- I feel like I'm sure you've experienced this, but people only know Toronto and maybe Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver, that's it. Yeah. Um, so when any, like, even living in Vancouver, I think it's one of the most unique things about me is being from the Maritimes, being from New Brunswick. Mm-hmm people out here like whoa that's this mythical land that no one ever goes to (laughs) because nothing really happens there and it's just quaint and charming and that's really about it um so so, would you consider your upbringing like very small town very very yeah very small town i would think so too i just was wondering yeah Yeah. so it is it's an adjustment to live in a big city now yeah i feel like i've been kind of working my way up yeah i graduated high school and moved to like a a really small city for university and then moved to a a bigger city after university and then moved to an even bigger city after that so i've kind of been like stepping my way up yeah i knew i've always wanted to live in a big city Mm -hmm. um to to build my career and so this is this is where i've set some roots so even living in a small town did you even like at a young age you knew you you liked big cities or wanted to be in a big city it's super interesting yeah because growing up uh like the town i grew up in had i think it was four to five thousand people in it yeah. its nickname is called dairy town because it's just a bunch of dairy farms um i think i was always a creative kid and i always wanted to do something creative something bigger than the town that i was growing up in mm-hmm. and so i always had this idea that i would move to toronto or new york or la or vancouver or some city right. that had like a cool art scene or something mm-hmm. Um, just to get the complete 180 of what I grew up knowing. Um, and I think I grew up with this like persistent desire to move away, like always being like, oh, I wish I didn't live here. I wish I right. I would go visit like New York City or Toronto. And I'd be like, this is it. This is where mm-hmm. I want to be. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I think moving to and living in larger cities you definitely grass is always greener because you <laughs> live here for a little bit you're paying so much money yes, rent. Yep. <laughs> you don't have a backyard um you're living in a shoebox basically exactly all of a sudden you're looking back at the small town where you can buy a house for basically 10 bucks right, and right. it's like oh that might be nice right about now let the change like the lifestyle changes it's it's insane yeah yeah hard to adjust but definitely there's always grass always greener like life here is amazing but also at the same time you're like could be nice to be in a four thousand person small town yeah 
<laughs> so did you ever did you resent living in that town a lot of the time or like living in a small town it, I think at the time I, I I did a little bit but I also enjoyed it like I mm-hmm. had really good friends growing up uh which are still really good friends to this day like mm-hmm. a lot of my friends I knew from the time I was four to the time yeah I graduated high school we just went all the way up because nothing really changes in those towns ever yeah and so I think it was a really great place looking back a really great place to grow up in and a really safe environment to kind of I like the idea of being like big fish small pine kind of thing Mm -hmm. I think it really provided a safe environment for me to try different things throw stuff at the wall figure out who I was and then hop to a bigger Mm -hmm. scene and have a, have some some confidence and some stronger legs under me to get my footing in life. Yeah. So I, I resented it in the fact that I was like, I know I want to get out of here. Yeah. And there's not a ton here that I'm like excited about, but I think it also had a lot of value to it. Yeah. I often find that people um, that do come from a small area or small town or um, smaller, you know, population or anything like that. Like, it's just like, they just want to have more opportunity. They just want to find more. Yeah. Um, they know that this town is or wherever is just like there's not as much um, place for growth I guess Um, Mm -hmm. so uh, I had a question that left my brain but maybe I'll get back to it (laughs) yeah I think Um, one thing I was always looking for to piggyback off what you're talking about was like the opportunities is I was always looking for this element of mentorship that I Mm -hmm. that was just simply not accessible in the environment that I was in right. looking for. At the time I was really big into music, whether it was like bass playing or singing mm-hmm. or acting even, like all those sorts of things. I, was, I would have loved to have someone that was older than me lean into me and kind of foster some mm-hmm. of the talents that I had in high school um, and help shape that and like guide me. Because um, a lot of my life I felt very much functioning independently. And I think a lot of that is right. from the inaccessibility of resources in those small towns. Yeah. Do you, I remembered my question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for talking. And then me remember. I got you, buddy. I got you. <laughs> um, did you, so you do, yeah, yeah. With kind of piggybacking on, on that, like, did you ever have anyone that was very like-minded kind of around you of like, I do want to get out or it was, mm. cause I have found even in my, like my dad did, a, I mean, he married an American. So he, and they ended up living in America. So he got out of his small town. Because Fredericton mm. is pretty small too, um, but it's yeah. it. I wonder if you know you ever had those people too that kind of you, you guys blended in those ways of like we both want to get out of here. Yeah, I feel like I didn't quite have that. I think mm. a lot of my friends that I was close with in high school and I'm still close with to this day are yeah. all really varied in interests and. Mm-hmm desires and what they want their life to look like a lot of my friends are married and have kids or went to law school or work as some sort of engineer far more technical lanes or a little more like streamlined career paths um that don't necessarily require you to be in a a big city or a hub or anything like that um so while those are the people i was mostly surrounded with so i don't think i necessarily had someone that was itching to get out, move to a city Mm -hmm. and build a career creatively. Uh, But I think there was a a shared want to do bigger things and Mm -hmm. like tap into some resources outside of where we lived. But it wasn't like identical to what I was thinking for my life. 
Yeah. Was that encouraged in your home, like in, in family? Like, did they encourage it a lot to like kind of nurture yeah. it for you? I think my mom especially is a very creative person, mm. uh, loves music, loves art, loves theater, all sorts of art. So I think I was, I was really pushed towards an appreciation for creative work. Mm. Uh, my mom also really loves people. And so yeah. I think I really learned to enjoy creativity, creative collaboration. I think in a lot of ways she shaped me into like a very extroverted creative person. Mm. Um, my dad is uh, like, he's a banker. He's very quiet. Mm. Um, so not as much from him, but right. um, I think my, my parents invested in us create uh, towards creative hobbies and passions mm. and um, leaned into that for us. So I think, I think my parents did. I don't think there's a ton of influences outside of mm. my house growing up that really uh, there's some teachers and things like that that enabled yeah. some creative work and we saw saw that mm-hmm. talent and interest early on and kind of pushed mm-hmm. me towards that. But yeah, most of it was from my family, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have an older brother and we run we run oh, right. Goal Guys, the YouTube channel together. Yeah. But just me and my brother, yeah. Okay. So what was your di- kind of your guys' dynamic growing up? Were you guys always close? I mean – I the first thing I think of with guys and I have an older brother too is like competition I'm sure yeah um but are were you guys competitive like were you guys close or did it take a while for you guys to get close yeah I think I think we were always competitive I think even still today we're competitive um I think it looks different than when we were kids for sure I think we've always been yeah yeah 100 (laughs) definitely less fights physically so that's good uh, a little more mature uh, but yeah we're very different people uh, but we we get along and we work well together we've always gotten along pretty well but like I said polar opposite people polar yeah. opposite personalities polar opposite skill sets and like passions and interests too so is I that even interesting now like now that you're working together like oh my god are you yeah. like wait how did this happen a hundred percent a hundred percent i think if me and brendan were not siblings i don't think there's any way we would ever meet i don't think any of our hobbies or interests Mm -hmm. like overlap enough for us to naturally run into each other Mm -hmm. um and i think there's so many moments where we're working together and there's there's a pause and it's like how are we related Mm -hmm. i think most of my friends looking at us it's it's mind-blowing to to process that we we came from the same household because right. we're completely different people which i'm sure too um helps with your guys viewership which we'll get into to uh the mm. youtube channel but um like having two different personalities i'm sure you can kind of cater to two different um audiences yeah yeah sort of i think it's interesting because I think from like a production standpoint, less so like personality standpoint, mm-hmm. production wise, our, our abilities and our talents completely intertwine. I think mm-hmm. they're like a yin and yang in this scenario, whereas I'm a bit more more technical, a bit more um, go with the flow. I can, mm-hmm. I can achieve things with a camera and with editing that Brennan can't, but Brennan also has an incredible eye for 
structuring, for quality, mm. for uh, creating an arc and a narrative for something that he's definitely leaps and bounds better than I am. And so those, those cooperate really, really well in a work environment. Um, and then, yeah, I think we're, we're really trying to figure out, he just moved out here at the beginning of the pandemic. So now we're actually oh, able okay. to make videos together. Right. So we're figuring out, oh, okay, this like opposite personality things can be in a video for the first time together. Yeah. So how does that, how does that fit? How do we navigate mm-hmm. that? So we've really been having fun playing with being in videos together and kind of seeing opposites on camera mm-hmm. working together. So. Do you yeah, think those strengths have anything to do with too, like him being the oldest sibling and you being the youngest sibling? Like I, I I'm the mm-hmm. youngest and I am very go with the flow and like whatever. And my wife, my wife's an only child. So she's like kind of a marvel, but um, she's very like, not <laughs> that I don't know what the, like very type A I'm not type mm-hmm. A at all. But um, yeah, I wonder if, yeah there's sometimes i'll meet older sibling you know oldest siblings in the ranking and they'll be very structured or whatever i don't know if you feel the same way about you too maybe yeah i'm not sure about common tropes of oldest and youngest Mm -hmm. dynamics but he's definitely an introverted person i'm definitely an extroverted person uh, and so I think naturally he tends to work alone a lot better, does really well with writing things where he can go off by himself and work and complete a task and move on. Right. Whereas me being on a set with other people, me interviewing other people, doing those sorts of things, that's me at my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I, maybe it is an oldest youngest thing, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure the, how that plays out and yeah. what's standard and what's right. typical to see. Yeah, I guess you guys only know like what works for you. <laughs> like, yeah, what you guys yeah, are good at. <laughs> just taking it one day at a time with us, trying to figure out how this works. Right. There's a yeah, certain but... level of like communi- good communication you guys have to have, though, as A, just as siblings, but B, as like work partners. Um, totally. Would you, well, I don't know. The first question that I thought of was like, would you recommend siblings working together? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then B, but like, is there like a certain place you should be if you want to go into work with your sibling, if that makes sense? Like, uh, as mm-hmm. far as like, um, like you should have healthy communication, but like communicating something so they understand, I guess. I and mean, you should have that with any working relationship, but siblings, I feel like it totally. can be so um, problematic at times, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I've heard it a ton where it's like, don't go into business with family. I right. think I've heard that so many times, yet here I am. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think the one thing is, it's like a blessing and a curse in some ways, because I think he's someone that can push buttons for me mm-hmm. like no one else can. I think a lot of the times I'm a very chill, easygoing person, but Brendan has certain ways of just like getting under my skin. Mm-hmm. And also with people that you're closest with, like family, you're way more apt to get angry, get frustrated and voice sex. Right. You have such a level of comfortability. So there's definitely more irritated moments, more mm-hmm. like hostile moments yeah, with a yeah, sibling. Yeah. But at the same time, you are family. So you, I think there is this natural way of moving on and moving past negative moments because mm-hmm. we're siblings, we're the only siblings we got. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll put this behind us and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, did your family did your parents kind of create an environment that was that if you guys did argue like you were 
like you guys could communicate and like your feeling or anything like that like why you were upset or anything like that hmm. um yeah I, I mean i think most of my upbringing my arguing was more with my parents than it was with my brother in a lot yeah. of ways it felt like us versus them mm. in the house where me and my brother would stick up for each other and root for each other and like chime in to help the other brother rather than us fighting and bickering like i can't remember many times us growing up fighting um that's so, so interesting. i think yeah i think there was a lot of camaraderie and kind of uh is it coming out now is that you're older and working together <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i think we're, we're we've had our moments for sure yeah, yeah. definitely some headbutting especially with tight deadlines and right, right work schedules and stress and all that stuff it just kind of like puts you in the 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 slow cooker and force right. you to deal with it so <laughs> that's um, such an interesting way of putting that yeah yeah so. something i wonder with having because i had a uh, i have an older brother and an older sister and mm-hmm. i'm i'm close with both of them now but i was growing up and even up until the last couple of years i'm definitely closer with my sister and i kind of got to even in high school i always was kind of more gravitated towards being friends with girls and mm-hmm. um I just, I don't really like sports and I don't really like, like, I'm so, obviously everyone should be against it, but I was just like, what is this like super masculinity? Like, why do, why are we uh, just like yeah. about this? Um, yeah. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> and, and, right. um, and so I always kind of got, and I always like having a sister, I just kind of, at least I felt like I understood women a little bit more than a lot of guys around me did. I don't know if that was true or not. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I wonder too, because you obviously don't have a sister. Like, do you, did, as far as like girls or like liking girls in high school or any, like, was that hard? Was that difficult? Or like even yeah. making friends with girls? Oh, um, not really. I think, yeah. I mean, I didn't notice it. I think I've always been a pretty personable person. Mm-hmm uh with both male and females most of my friends are guys um like i don't have a ton of female friends but um yeah i i I never had any issues in that department yeah thankfully um right (laughs) so yeah i can't complain but yeah i don't know i think i definitely it's easier for me to relate and connect with other guys i think yeah just just by the scope of my friends being Mm. mostly male yeah um it's just interesting but too i wonder even like having that creative side i'm sure that Mm. a lot of creative people especially creative guys can be uh, and not saying that i mean this is a huge generalizing statement but not that all everyone is like all guys creative guys are like that but like we can they often tend to be more sensitive maybe or you know just kind of gearing towards more of those tenant uh kind of personality traits i don't know if you agree <laughs> yeah i think I, it's interesting because i think going to university and initially studying music and then right. studying theater i'm in departments that are the majority female i'm yeah. for, like i think for the first time i was ever surrounded by more women than I was men and in school and just because of what I was studying and so I naturally started to make more female friends in that environment just because of the the ratio of people um but I think it's interesting I think for me I don't know 
I don't know if I would necessarily describe myself as a sensitive person, mm. but I think over like my developments, I grew up having a really bad temper. Um, and I think as a result of that, like lashing out in that temper, I got embarrassed by it. And then mm. as a result, my instinct was to just cut off emotion, cut off, like protect myself in a lot of ways. So I would never have to show emotion then go to school, study acting, where it's all about being emotionally available. Right. I, I had this crash course in studying myself in a lot of ways, mm. studying how I work, how I'm not able to open up with people, how I'm uncomfortable with vulnerability, like not emotionally available. Um, and so I think those qualities have been developed and worked on. And I think those have helped my relationships with everyone not just not just women but I think this yeah, just made yeah. me a healthier person and a, yeah. a more honest person with myself and more sustainable um but yeah I don't know I think it's definitely that's that's an area of my life that I've been constantly working on and trying to so, develop and flesh out yeah absolutely so a lot of those things like you were saying you didn't learn maybe learn some of that until college like as far as like um maybe realizing you may have had an anger issue and then like working on the, and like being more vulnerable or like even looking at mental health, like a lot of that you didn't realize until you left your town, your small town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I realized I had an anger issue when I was in high school cause I was mm -hmm. playing varsity basketball and I would just get so angry in right, practices right. and games. I would get in fights. I would do all this sort of thing. And in the back of my mind, I would have those moments where I'd lash out or lose my cool. And I would be, I would, I would get a few hours after that outburst and I would be so embarrassed by it. I'd be like, this isn't the person that I want to be. This isn't right. how I want to conduct myself. Let me figure out how to reel this in. Um, and it's interesting because I, at, after that season, I quit playing basketball and I started playing more music. Mm. I did like the school play the next year. I just kind of leaned into the more artistic hobbies that I had, yeah. um, which aren't as naturally competitive, aren't as naturally yeah. as um, instigative for my temper. What well, aggressive so, even eat too. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think those, like just, I think when I made that switch, I just like kind of detached a lot emotionally. I think I went through most of high school and early university without people really knowing me without mm. people knowing how I was feeling about things, knowing insecurities. I think it wasn't until my senior year of university and after university that there was multiple conversations with people where I would say, oh, I don't think I've ever talked about this with someone. I don't think I've ever mm. realized this or processed this with myself. And so I think going to university and I think the community I was surrounded with then really fostered that as well as studying right. acting. I think that just helps analyze yourself and work mm. towards being emotionally available and emotionally hopefully healthy um and that that was a, a huge turning point to make me a bit more self-aware and a bit like develop and cut down some of the walls that i held for such a long time well theoretically there is a self-awareness there even when you said you left basketball and went and did more of the arts yeah. because um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was a conscious thing of like, oh, I just want to do this because I see myself like kind of having these, you know, emotional anger outbursts yeah. for lack of better words. And yeah. then, yeah. And then kind of seeing that, oh, this kind of feeds my soul differently and 
and yeah, it kind of doesn't create those that that anger. That's like yeah. a self awareness too. That you're like, oh, I'm gonna choose this thing rather than this thing for myself. Totally. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've always been very aware of how I'm being perceived by other people. Yeah, and yeah. And when I would do these things, I was I. It was very easy for me to realize that this was not an impressive behavior. This is not something mm-hmm. someone was gonna respect or admire about me. And I think oftentimes I think very practically and logically about things where it's like, okay, this is, this is an area of my life that is prompting a lot of these outbursts. I'm going to stop that and I'm going to try something else. Yeah. As far as like acting is concerned, because what you're doing now is more so like yourself rather than playing a character. I don't know. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's like, is that to you is like portraying a character on stage? Is that like emotionally vulnerable for you? I think being able to empathize with text and get to a place where you can live in, in a moment that, that is written by someone else in someone else's life and relate with that, empathize, empathize with that and emotionally experience what that person's experiencing. I think you need to be able to be honest with yourself, be able to feel things. And I think that was, that was a lot of things. It's a lot of these emotions, like sadness, like moments where you want to cry. I would not allow myself to feel those things Mm. or they weren't accessible to me. It's not that I was like consciously repressing those. I think whether it was from what I saw as a society, the expectations of men or Mm. just what I, I was comfortable with. I naturally, my instincts was just more and more so anger than it was like sadness and when you're playing a character that needs to is their their life is crumbling and all they can do is cry and you in your own life can't cry mm, or like comprehend right. people that are crying yeah then you can't do it you're incapable of of matching that person and empathizing with that person and understanding and relating to them and conveying mm. their story properly so mm. it definitely challenges you as an individual not only to prepare for someone else's life and someone else's story, but also to look at your own and analyze yourself emotionally and to, mm. to piece together how you can get to a place where you can connect with someone else, connect right. on, a, on an area that's going to be truthful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've kind of talked a little bit about university in a general sense, but I do want to ask you, cause you obviously we've talked like you went to America for the United States of America for, um, for college. Was that yeah. in and of itself, like such a huge adjustment? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, I think there are so many similarities as far as, the structure of our society and what it looks like. But I think culturally there's a lot of yeah. big differences, um, especially in the realm that we were living in, in university. Um, so a lot of adjustments, but also a lot of similarities. Um, did you always like, did you know you, obviously I guess you probably would have either way gone to a bigger city for university, but did you like, did you consciously choose a school in America for a reason or yeah um you if you don't want to talk about this you don't have to but yeah i mean i knew i wanted to go somewhere far away and (laughs) yeah you couldn't yeah yeah so i was like okay this this school is in the states i have a scholarship to go there Mm. um this will be a unique experience where 
it, and it was such a unique feeling to go somewhere where I didn't know anyone right. as an 18 year old moving somewhere. You have no connections, no contacts, no one knows you. It is a crazy feeling where you can really start fresh, where you can be anyone you want to be. Obviously mm. you don't change that much, but it's, it's definitely a unique feeling that you don't get very often. Yeah. And so that was an amazing appeal. Uh, also, I think when you grow up in such a small little bubble, anything expansive in the world, moving far away, big school, whatever it was, seemed so special and so mm-hmm. fascinating to me that I was so excited to go there when I was 18. Cause it was, yeah. it was what I'd been chomping at the bit for my entire mm-hmm. life was to get out and, go somewhere bigger and do something cooler. Yeah. What was the the switch for you? And you can, t- you know, go into much detail as you want of like music versus per- like acting, performing, like what was the kind of switch? Like, why did you decide to go one or the other? Yeah. I think what I really liked about music um, and I was studying classical vocal performance and upright bass. And so what the thing that so I really liked I about upright bass, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, the thing that I really liked about studying singing was this um, process of learning yourself, process of trialing and erroring your your voice, of changing like the posture of your head, changing how you breathe, uh, like analyzing how you approach like a high note and how mm-hmm. it like affected the way you like held tension in your jaw or your throat. Right. And like trying to work through those things. Um, what I didn't love about it was what I was singing. I did not love <laughs> the music. I don't yeah. listen to classical music all that much. I didn't like learning German songs, Italian songs. It just didn't interest me all that much. And when I you when you work. are studying music, you're doing a lot of that, right? Like a lot of classical. That's all I was yeah. doing. Um, I loved the choral music that I was singing in choir and like traveling with the choir mm. that I was with. Um, I loved working with my teacher to like get better and like feel that sense of improvement. Um, then I, I thought I was going to be some opera person in, in my mm-hmm. career. And so I was like, I'm going to take an acting class. And then what I realized was acting felt like a lot of the good parts of what I was doing with my voice, just on a, mm-hmm. on a wider scale, like me analyzing how I sang was now me analyzing my myself my emotions and also like if you're doing a musical you have to do all this analyzing of how you sing all this yep. like training learning how you get affected by an audience looking at you the nerves the like nervous tics you have all these sorts of things having people watch you and say hey you do this weird thing you like brush your hair all the time or you like <laughs> your jaw looks really tense and you're like whoa i'm learning so much about myself and i'm getting more comfortable with myself yeah. And it felt like the the good parts about music, but more of that just in theater. So yeah, that, it's that's funny. why I switched. It's funny when you're performing, because I performed a lot in high school, how um, much you don't know what you do when you're on stage. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's crazy. Like what you, like what you were saying, feet, like, or even just auditioning, like during auditions, like you touch your hair, or like you do this a lot, or you like, yeah, you fidget. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Humans, when they're nervous, do crazy things. Like my mouth would get so dry for no reason. My arm would sway back and forth. It's like, what is wrong with me? Why, why is just people looking at me do this thing cause me to be so extremely uncomfortable and nervous? (laughs) And how do I get better at that? Yeah. Um, Do you find, it's very hard. Do you find like performing in a room of people, you know, is harder 
or like with doing your YouTube stuff, it's like you put online and it's for people like you don't know at all. It's a very different thing, of course, performing live. And I'm sure with videos, you have, you can do multiple takes if you want to. But yeah. um, do you find like there's different pressure or different nervousness with that? Like in performing in front of people, you know, versus like a huge audience that is like just in a void of people you will never meet probably. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm I'm not sure. I find I've gotten very comfortable. For instance, I think when I first was making videos, if you were to go, if I was to go to a house party or something and someone would pull up my video on a television <laughs> and be like, this guy makes YouTube videos, let's watch one, I would be dying inside. I'd be like, yeah. oh my gosh, please don't look at yeah, me. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm consciously posting these things online right. for people to watch. Right. So this is what I signed up for, <laughs> uh, but I hated it. Um, now I'm at the point where if someone did that, I'd be like, yeah, this, this stuff is, I like it too. So let's watch it. <laughs> um, so I'm like proud of it now. That being said, for instance, if I was like, like set up the camera right here, talking to the camera, doing a segment for YouTube and there's people around me that aren't normally seeing me in that, that space, it is a little nerve wracking, but I'm, I'm more confident with it now. Cause this is just, it feels like what I do. I've done it so much. Right. Um, but I think there is something really freeing about not knowing anyone bigger audience like when you're on stage in theater the audience is dark you don't see them you're kind of like in your own little world a little bit yeah yeah for sure that that's pretty freeing how do you think the performing aspect of doing live performance kind of helped you like what have you what did you learn from there that helped you with doing youtube good question i think in the youtube channel that i run we do a lot of I do a lot of talking to the camera. I do a lot of interviews with professionals. Um, and so I think in both those things, I, I am able to be very comfortable and very free with, for instance, how I move my hands, how I'm like holding myself, the way I speak. Oftentimes I can do talking segments really quickly because it feels really easy and natural, which I, I, I think a lot of people struggle with. I think you look at a lot of YouTube videos and you'll see these jump cuts all throughout it, yep. which is stammering, which is stumbling, which still happens to me too. But I think that training of performance, that comfortability of being able to, to talk and speak and be comfortable on camera, because as soon as you turn a camera on yourself, it does crazy things to you. Right. People get so uncomfortable. It's so much like, pressure for a lot of people that aren't used to it and i think having that acting training helps a ton with that Mm -hmm. also just building my self-confidence and feeling like i can use my voice and be on camera and be okay with what people are thinking about me and not be too worried about that all those sorts of things really help yeah and i think there are parts that are a bit performative like i think there's a little bit of oh yeah yeah they're, they're, like it, it is me but it's also it is entertainment yeah. as well so. yeah um well if i haven't said already which i'm sure i'd say say it in the intro but um cam is the ho- one of the hosts of two of course with his brother of gold guys the youtube show uh, channel youtube show i don't know what to say i'm like I'm like <laughs> flustered, yeah, ch- blumbering. Channel's a little more channel. More standard, I know. I probably should. That works too. That sounds yeah. fancy. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, there's so many ads on YouTube now that like it's basically like a show. It's basically right? cable. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it. Um. That's a whole other discussion. I'm sure we can have. <laughs> truly. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> um. But I think 
one of the interesting questions I, I, I actually, which I don't even know if I'll keep this in, but a long time ago, I made YouTube videos and like, in, like in middle school, maybe it was early high school. They're so embarrassing. I can't even begin. And I really should take them oh, down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Me but, too. My first ones. Yeah. Oh, I don't ever want to see those again. <laughs> Devastating um, content. Right. But I, I wonder, cause YouTube has been around for a long time. I think over 10 years now. It's, I think it's been on, it's yeah, been yeah, on, yeah. Um, on the scene. And <laughs> I wonder, like, what was the appeal of, like, doing that medium? And, like, I mean, were you obsessed with YouTube? And that's why you thought this could be something for me? Or? Yeah, I exa- that's exactly it. Oh, I cool. was obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed. I loved it. I've never been into traditional TV. Like, I've only <laughs> ever, I've finished two shows in my life. One was Breaking Bad in university took me a long time the other wow. was tiger king because i had nothing <laughs> else to do and it's really short yeah. um and so youtube has always been my thing i think mm. even in high school i would make class projects that were youtube videos um i was following youtubers from day one on the platform like mm. i remember the first channel with a million subscribers and i would watch all their videos and watch so much content from the time i was like 13, 14, whenever mm-hmm. YouTube came out onwards. And so I think I, I was enamored with the, the lifestyle I saw YouTube could bring, like mm-hmm. being creative on your own terms, being your own boss, making these right. fun videos. And then I saw people could do it for a living. And I was like, whoa, that sounds right. like the most amazing thing. <laughs> um, and then I think it just, it's, a, it's such an accessible platform, which right. is amazing. I think anyone with a cell phone can make a video and post it and it can, who knows, like do great, change it, like get a bunch of views, whatever. Like you can get your message across with next to nothing now, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and so I think I, I loved making videos with my buddies in high school. And then I went to university, studied acting, got out, was doing like contract work, working on shows and was realizing oh this isn't the lifestyle that i want this isn't yeah. a sustainable career for me i can't i can't handle not having control over whether i work six months from now maybe i'm not cut out to be an actor in the way that i think um at the time i was living in a city that i didn't have that many friends and i had this camera and i was like well all my friends live far away i'm gonna make these like goofy videos and send mm. them to them and post them on youtube and I did that and I loved doing it. And I like taught myself how to edit, taught myself how to use the camera, just kept posting these videos. And then, yeah, the, the rest is kind of history because I just wow. kept doing it because it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and has yeah. that, that, that kind of first inclination, has it evolved? Like it's very much evolved to what you guys are doing now? Yeah. Yeah. Cause what, like what we were doing initially was not gold guys. Right. Um, initially I was, it was just me talking to a camera mm-hmm. cracking jokes that I would then send to my buddies and be like, you think this funny? <laughs> I think it's funny. And then, yeah, I would just make one a week and I'd throw it up there. And I think I got like doing that. I think I got like a thousand subscribers. I got like a thousand people following and posting like 30 videos of me talking to a camera or something. Yeah which none of those should ever be seen because they're horrific. Um, but listen, at that time, I'm sure you were like a thousand people are following me. Like this is a lot. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, people, like people would come up to me, like my buddies be like, you have a thousand people following you, yeah. which now is like, 
it's it's like the perspective on it is so different but at the time i was like that's so cool Mm -hmm. um were you aware at all about like i mean for me personally i do this show because i love talking to people and i love and my wife was like if i would be doing a podcast i would be looking up every week who was listening to it blah blah like like if it wasn't doing well like i probably would feel so bad and you're just like my wife was telling me this like you just not like like you just keep doing it i'm like yeah that's because i enjoy i just really enjoyed talking yeah, to people. yeah 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 and i do like obviously i occasionally look up like how many people are listening and stuff but were right. you aware at that time like what kind of the sub, like subscribers or like people like how many people you wanted to see it or does that make sense i think i don't know i think i i naturally have an inclination towards I think entrepreneurship in some ways, yeah. I think I have a natural inclination to monetizing things or like mm-hmm. making, like turning them into a business, which I don't know what that says about <laughs> me, but I don't know if that's healthy either. But I think there was an idea that it's like, Oh, I could do theater. And I could like, if I had a little bit of a following, I could maybe make some money on YouTube and like, that could be a good living. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that could be cool. Um, I wasn't that obsessed because I was, just doing it for fun mostly but in the back of my mind I was like this could be something eventually but for now I'm just gonna learn it and do it for fun Um, but then I think as it grew and got more I think it you're like oh this could I could actually do something with this and then it starts to shift like like I said earlier about this like hobby going to a business yeah um which yeah it's it's an interesting transition Mm. what if um what not what if I don't even know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) um what if any i don't know if um you've ever thought like if you've had people be like oh now you're like a youtuber like did you ever face that like um social uh the only word that's coming to my head is rejection but that's not the right thing but like (laughs) i don't know you know like that kind of reality of like oh is this a real job or like people you know being people being like oh is this what you're doing now like was was that like transition once it was kind of like your full-time thing like kind of getting that that realization of like no this is actually what I'm doing now like I I think the only one I really had to convince on it was my parents (laughs) and the fact that they don't and maybe still don't understand how I make money doing it right right um so I think when I told them that as I long as you're not taking their money it's fine like no 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 no, no. Yeah. yeah no never never done that but uh yeah i think there were i i quit I, before i went full-time doing this i was working as a videographer for brands and so i was doing contract work like that was making a good living doing that and then was doing youtube in addition mm. and it got to the point where youtube was just starting to snowball a little bit and mm. seemed like a, a way i could make a living and do that and i was like i want to invest all my energy and attention to this now and when i told my parents i think they were they were supportive but they were also like their eye twitched a little bit being yeah like, uh we don't fully understand this <laughs> but on, on the whole i think i i'm getting into youtube so late honestly i think at this point you ask most kids in an elementary school what they want to do for a living and they want to be a youtuber yes yes or an influencer (laughs) yeah exactly and so i think a lot of people understand that this is the new this is the new thing this is the new television in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways and so 
I think a lot of people understand it and a lot of people mm-hmm. are very interested in it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of cool. I, th- I think I have one of the coolest jobs going in a yeah. lot of ways because I go to any house party and they ask what I'm doing and people are just interested because almost everyone watches YouTube. And they're like, yeah. whoa, you do this for a living. I watch YouTube. Yeah. Tell me about it. Let's hear yeah. about it. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I feel really lucky that I haven't had to do a lot of explaining because I think a lot of people think it's really cool and, and get it and get the, mm-hmm. how it works and the appeal of it as well. Yeah. And, and it, and it, I think YouTube has been around long enough that it doesn't seem like something that's, Oh, what if this platform just dies in a couple of right, years? Cause right. that, that, it, that ship sailed. Yeah. yeah. A monster. <laughs> About five years after it started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was well, there's a couple of things. The first thing I want to say is, do you know, uh, obviously I'm sure you do, but you know, Bo Burnham, the YouTuber yep. that started and now he's doing crazy things now, but did you yeah. see his movie eighth grade? I did not. I did. Oh, I highly recommend it. It He wrote it. It's about this girl that is going through eighth grade, um, mm-hmm. but she's like a YouTuber in the show that like doesn't oh, cool. you know, has like a hundred followers maybe. <laughs> but nice. he he, he talk, I've seen him in interviews and stuff, and he's talked about how like um, he loves this idea. Like when he first started thinking about this, the idea for the movie, he just like went on YouTube and like searched like any random middle school, like any person that was just like doing it because they don't didn't care who had like who was watching them yeah i know and he was like there's so many people out there like that which is such a fascinating look i love that yeah yeah Yeah, it's so pure it feels like a transport Mm -hmm. back in time to what youtube used to be because youtube is like has changed it's so integrated with businesses yeah. with celebrities with companies all these sorts of things mm. and then you find this slice of youtube that just to, there's no expectations there's no standards of quality yeah. it's just someone making a video because they like it mm-hmm. and you're like wow this is so like unadulterated <laughs> yeah. it's so pure and sacred yeah. we must keep this safe yeah. which is why i hate the videos that i made now no, I'm just <laughs> no. <laughs> um I do want to ask too now because you say you did kind of come into it a little bit late in the game, like it was that daunting, like starting, like wanting to start this thing and be like, Oh, YouTube's like a whole other thing now. Sure. Um, I think it should have been, I think the way <laughs> I think I don't necessarily think that way. Mm-hmm. I, That's I mean, I went, to, I went to school initially to study voice and upright bass my parents wanted me to go to med school. Um, I then switched to theater. I was like, I'm going to be an opera star. No, I'm going to be a musical theater star. So all the job prospects I've heavily considered. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All the jobs prospects I've heavily considered have been really tough. Mm. Um, Like being an actor is probably harder than being a YouTuber. So honestly, this felt like an easier route than (laughs) the ones I was pursuing. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about like brands. Like, do you, do you guys think as goal guys, like, do you think a lot about like what your brand is? Uh, we should, we don't. Uh, <laughs> we should definitely think about that more, but we don't. It's something that's been keep like keeps getting pushed on the back burner, but we're, we're very focused on content. We're very mm-hmm. focused on, do our videos look good? Are they valuable? Are we giving good information? 
Um, does it have a good arc, good flow? Are there good moments in it? We're very much like content, 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 mm. which I think has been really good. But I think, yeah, brand is something we need to think <laughs> about more. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about like what you guys do. Like what is, I mean, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say brand, but like what is your yeah. brand as goal guys? Like what do you guys, like what your videos are basically have been for the past couple of years at least? Yeah. Yeah. We do. Our, our channel is based around self-improvement. So we do mm. a lot of health, fitness, productivity content. Um, a really popular stream of videos that we do is this human guinea pig format where it's I did fill in the blank for 30 days. So yeah. one of our most popular videos is my brother did Hugh Jackman's diet and workout that he did for Wolverine for 10 weeks. And yeah. you just film the process of doing that. You show the results and that's what happened folks. Uh, thanks for <laughs> watching. Um, so that, that's our format. We live in that self-improvement lane. Yeah. And yeah, it's this, it's this mix of like educational entertainment is kind of mm -hmm. what we like to call it. What made you guys decide to do that for like doing the 30 day thing or, you know, doing a self-improvement thing? Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said earlier, when I was first starting making YouTube videos, I yeah. was living in this city where I didn't have a lot of friends, um, was kind of in a funk coming out of university where everything was structured and streamlined and I was like good at school. And then I was realizing, Oh, I'm not great as a, an adult at 23. Um, so I was reading these self-improvement books, these self-help books mm. about entrepreneurship, about uh, taking care of your mental health, improving, being more productive. Right. And I was, I was loving them. I was fascinated by them. And so I initially started making these videos where I laid, it was going to be like a daily vlog because I was watching them or like something similar to that. I was watching right. a bunch of Casey Neistat. I don't know if you know who he is, but. I think um, I've heard the name, but. Yeah, really big like influential YouTuber. I love that man. Mm. Um, and I was making these videos where I was like, I have 10 goals for the year. This is what I want to do. I want to read this many books. I want to learn this thing. I want to do this. And I was just like documenting my process, making videos for the year. Um, did that for the year, realized this is not great content. Um, it was good like to make and I learned a lot, but like this isn't, maybe let's restructure this. Let's reformat mm. it and maybe make this better. And then my brother joined me and we kind of came on to this 30 day format, this like timed format. Um, and that did really well for us. We enjoyed it. It made things more digestible for our audience. And so we, we've kept with that. Mm. What has been your favorite video like that you've made? Uh, ooh, good question. The most, the most recent one that I can think of is I did, um, I went seven days in complete solitude. And so I stayed in my house. I cut off my internet, I got rid of my cell phone, couldn't see anyone. And I just lived inside by myself for seven days, which feels very much like what everyone's doing. Right. Um, but I would also pair it with these two hour, uh, silence periods throughout my day where I would just sit in silence um and it was this very meditative experience mm. where you do a lot of self-analyzing you meditation for me had always been this kind of like intangible weird yeah. thing that i didn't really get i would try very ambiguous I, sometimes i i couldn't understand it and then i think with this one just sitting in silence for two hours uh like things would just pop up different different uh, feelings or negative feelings that I was holding on to would pop up to my mind out of nowhere. And 
like you would just kind of like be forced to deal with it. You would think about it and you'd feel all these emotions and you would process it. And then it felt like this completion of these negative feelings. And I think that video for me was this amazing time of reflection on myself and also recognizing that I don't give myself any time alone. I don't give myself any solitude, whether it's mm. through my cell phone, video calling people, going right. out with people. I don't spend any time just with my own thoughts. Mm. And so I had an incredibly productive week and learned a lot about what I need and what, what's going to be healthy for me in emotional management and um, uh, optimizing my productivity as well. That's the most recent one that I really like. Yeah. So from that, do you, when you guys, do you ever sit down and like plot out a video and then you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then it like, do you ever have those videos and then it kind of seeps into your real life afterwards? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I think there was a, there was a challenge I did where I, I didn't use my cell phone for 30 days. And after yep, that, bringing my that. phone back bringing my phone back in I deleted certain apps and put like some time restrictions on certain things and that was that was really helpful in managing how my cell phone affected my day and affected my work specifically mm -hmm. um so a lot of stuff bleeds through I also did a, a video where I did 30 days of veganism and that yes. was two years ago and I am still plant-based I thought wow. it was great I like really liked it I learned a lot about Mm -hmm. agricultural practices, environmental impact on certain uh, manufacturing of food. And I was like, okay, I feel like I should, mm -hmm. I should stick with this, especially where I live. It's accessible and it's right. affordable and it felt like the right decision. So that that's changed the way I've eaten for the last two years. Yeah. We eat vegetarian at home, but like if we're, if we go out, especially, or if like someone else is paying for me, I'm like, maybe I'll have meat, but <laughs> maybe I'll ball out. We'll, yeah. Uh, filet mignon, but, you know? right? Treat yourself, buddy. <laughs> but it's, uh, and like, we don't go out very often, but um, yeah. we eat vegetarian at home and it's honestly, it's like saved us money. Like groceries are a lot cheaper. And <laughs> I've like, I really don't hate any of the vegetarian meals we've had. We've been vegetarian for yeah. like over a year and a half. So wow, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Like, I think people are always like, "Oh, that sounds really hard," but it's really not. It's not as hard as people think. I yeah, I think it's nice having parameters around certain things because yeah. I, I think it forces you to be a little bit more intentional. Um, it forces you to be a little bit more creative and get you outside of the usual. Because when I was in college, I would just eat the same ground turkey chili and like chicken breast and rice, and it's yeah. like these meals sucked they're not good but <laughs> yeah. they were easy um <laughs> yeah for me it was like pasta like a box of pasta was like 80 cents and so yeah. i was like oh well this is cheap so yeah 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 it's forced me to learn to cook a bit better which is nice yes yes and i and like enjoying cooking like cooking is such it can be a therapeutic thing too little therapy session yeah, yeah. i agree yeah <laughs> Uh, I want to ask, are you guys aware of like social media as a, as like YouTubers, like how, uh, I, I mean, obviously you're aware of it, but like how yeah. it can influence like your audience or like how you can, of course, talk with your, um, the, the, the viewers. That's the word I was looking for. I yeah, was going to say yeah. listeners, but it's not an, uh, an audience. Yeah. It's not a, they get to see us. <laughs> yes. They get to see you. Do you guys, are yeah. you guys like aware of like, Oh, social media is such a big thing now that like, like we, uh, do you have that pressure of like needing to 
kind of keep up with social media, if that makes sense? This is probably the same answer I had for the brand <laughs> question where it's, yes, we do realize it. And no, we do not put enough yeah. effort into it. Um, I don't think either of us are really social media savvy people or like it that much. I, I like Instagram as a platform. I like Twitter as a platform, but I like all of our focus is just on making videos right now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if we worked harder at posting on social media platforms, we could engage with our audience better and have a broader reach being more appealing to brands maybe. Um, but I don't know. The interest yeah. is the the thing that wanes and it feels, I, I just did an interview with this author, Cal Newport, and he is a guy that has written six books, a uh, very successful author, has never had a social media account. And I think he was saying that I, I asked him, I was like, do you feel like you are doing your career a disservice by not having social media? Because a right. lot of promotion for authors is done through Twitter, through Instagram, yeah. all these sorts of things. And he's like, I wouldn't have written six books if I had social media. He was like, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten it done if I had them. So. He's like, no, I'm good. Um, so we're we're just trying to focus on making yeah. good videos right now, and so two we'll more questions. Yeah, yeah. So two more questions about your channel and how you guys. Well, for I, I'm interested how you guys even just come up with a video. Like, do you mm -hmm. sit and brainstorm, and you're like, oh, like which one's better for your brother, or which one's better for you? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um. We we have probably like every couple months we'll sit down and have a content planning session um, and we'll pitch a bunch of ideas that are interesting or something that's uh, we've been thinking about. We have a long list of stuff that we we'd be interested in doing. Yeah. And most of it's like, Oh, I would like to do that. Oh, I'd be interested in doing that. I want to learn more about that. So luckily it's, it's all out of general interest right now. Yeah. Um, and we try to keep it that way because doing 30 days or something, if you hate it, it's not going to be fun. So. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I wanted to ask you about the show is like, where do you guys kind of seeing it going in the next couple of years? Like, do you guys have a, a plan like five years, 10 years? Like, do you guys think about like the future at all? Yeah, definitely. I think our goal right now is just keeping the, the heels of the pavement running with improving our content, figuring out how to make better videos, how to make more videos more frequently uh that right now is the the short-term goal and then i think long-term it's like expanding looping other people in i think we would love to find a way to engage our audience better and include mm -hmm. them in the things that we're working on um that that that's a big goal for us further down the line i think there's lots of opportunities for us to really make some cool stuff, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's longer formats. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, I think right now we're enjoying what we're doing and I think there's a lot of room to springboard to lots of other things from YouTube. Like I think for myself personally, we'd love to direct commercials and mm -hmm. shoot music videos and work on some, right right for television and films and mm -hmm. we both love to work on a movie one day together so there's lots of big goals and i think youtube is a great starting point for us to to really flex some creative muscles in film and yeah. make lots of like we're basically making little mini documentaries every week and a half or so so mm -hmm. it's it's a good way to to build some skills and get ready for whatever whatever comes next but for right now we're just focusing on doing better at what we're doing yeah. 
Yeah, which I think is a great place to be, of course. I think it's great. Um, I love YouTube as someone that also kind of grew up on it. I currently, I I mean, I follow you guys, but I also like love Good Mythical Morning. I'm sure you know them. Yeah, of course. Um, They're they're, they're heavy hitters. Yeah, they also have a great podcast that I listen to. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever thought of that, like doing different mediums, like with, with like having different facets where you can go and do different yeah. like creative endeavors, I guess. Um, yeah. But I love them. I follow like a bunch of, I love like pop culture and entertainment. So I follow this one girl that like reviews trailers and all of that. So yeah, I've, I've really love YouTube and I love like that. It's kind of been creating all this different type of, um, yeah, I mean, creators is, is such a word that I've been using. But, you know, people that love, like, doing what they're like, yeah, like, starting with, like, doing videos that, like, maybe no one or, you know, five people will see. And then maybe one day you get, like, a thousand subscribers. And then you can go and do, like, yeah, you can just do what you love, which I think is so cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, kind of wrapping it up, um, which I – I always feel like these, like, they just, like, fly by. Like, we've been talking for, like, almost two hours, and it just, like, flies by. Holy smokes. I know. I know. Um, but uh, as listeners know, I always ask two questions to every guest. And um, firstly, if I was able to hand you a blank check and say, um, use this towards your passion, how would you use that? Hmm. Yeah, that is a really good question. I You sent this one to me earlier yeah. so I could prep it. And I had such a hard time because I think initially my what comes to mind with my passion is my work because so much of my life is my career. Right. Uh, so much of what I do is my job. But I think, honestly, my passion more so than anything is, is people, is working, people, being around people I love, especially right now in the season of life that we're in, I I would do anything to spend time with the people I'm closest with. So honestly, I'd probably take that check and I think there's there's an answer where I could be like, we could build a production studio and I could hire more people and we can make bigger projects. But that's boring. I'd rather just take like a vacation with my friends <laughs> and my family and drink a lot and relax and take a month and just recoup from this crazy season of life. Mm-hmm. I think that's what is probably most passionate for me right now. Is just being like with buy an I island. <laughs> being with people I love and just laughing and having a good, relaxing time. That's, that's for me. That was great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly is what are you loving right now? And if you need a minute to think, I always answer this question too every episode. So, um, you want to think about it yeah I, th- I think I think I know I mean okay I said I said earlier that I've been really trying to invest in some hobbies like when your hobby becomes your career I lost a lot of my hobbies so I've been I've been playing a lot of basketball and I've been doing a lot of painting and I've been really loving painting I think almost every night after work my my girlfriend will message me and she'll say what do you want to get up to tonight and I will say I'm kind of feeling painting <laughs> and I have never once said that in my entire life outside of the last like three or four months. And I've just been like obsessed with it. I'm like going on Pinterest and looking at other art and like artists and being like, I want to try that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm obsessed with it, man. Like I, I don't know what happened, but I talk about painting so much now. And That's I, great. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was the, uh, April of the pandemic. I was painting a lot. So oh, nice. I'll show you some of mine when we're. When Please we're do. Done. I can right. show you some of mine too. They're very. <laughs> they're probably very different. Mine are just like a bunch of animals that look like cartoons, but. That's cool. Mine, mine aren't really anything. They're just like <laughs> weird shapes and things. So. Hey, yeah. art is art. It's all the. It's it's all art. <laughs> yeah, truly. Thank you for saying that. I yes. need that validation. <laughs> um. Great. I love that answer. I love, yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about how like finding creative outlets and especially during this time to like, um, yeah, get those creative juices flowing um, and just like get outside. of. I feel like when you are creative, you're like getting outside of yourself a little bit. It's, I was going to say it's weirdly therapeutic. And I think yeah. right now it's so important to find ways to take care of your mental health and take care of yourself and find things that you like to do that are going to bring you joy. And that's, yeah. that's what working what's working right now so yeah that's gonna great. um well i am loving i just started i'm probably like third or fourth episode of the mini series the last dance i don't know if you've heard of it oh yeah the mj doc yes and honestly nice. even just talking about this now i'm like it's so old already like everyone's like uh we're so far past that uh, we're but, over it, yeah. and then by the time that this will come out it'll even be like what why are you just now watching this but <laughs> i i mean i said it before but like i really am not into sports i really am just like yeah yeah whatever but my brother was like i watched it three times because he's super into sports and cool. he was like, it's so cool. And it's and I, heard, I kept hearing it on podcasts. People were like, this is such a great documentary. You need to watch it. And it was like people mm. that like I really love and love their like what they love too. So um, I was like, maybe I'll check it out. And then I started it last night and I'm like, wow, this is actually great. It's really cool to see someone like really succeed in, the, in a career that they love and like really yeah. all out. And it, yeah, it's like, even though I don't like love basketball, <laughs> like, yeah, it really like is cool to like see. And obviously, when with a do with a documentary, there's like a kind of a dramatic element. I'm sure even with Tiger mm -hmm. King, there's definitely yeah. like drama. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So that side of it definitely is interesting. But even the whole side of just like, and it was you know them the team that they were on was like I think the last year that MJ was on the Bulls was like. I was like two. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was like such during a time that like is so foreign to me that I'm like, I don't even like they're showing clips of like the 80s. And I'm like, man, the 80s were wild. <laughs> yeah, those shorts are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm I, it's crazy. It. I'm loving that. I've heard so much about the documentary. I am like a huge basketball fan and have not watched that. And I like it, it was crazy. I think when it first came out, me and my girlfriend, we we really like houses really like interiors of houses so we'll like yeah. walk around our like neighborhood and just kind of like it sounds creepier than it is i swear <laughs> but we'll like look in people's windows like just from the street when they're like yeah. eating dinner and stuff and it's like that's a nice inside that's a nice mm. like exterior um but everyone was watching that documentary for like a week yeah like every time we do a little walk around it's like yo that's the mj dog you know that's yep. that's the last dance everyone was watching it so yeah i feel kind of ashamed as a basketball fan that i haven't watched that yet it's okay i'm super late to the game too so <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> no pun intended yeah um, nice uh you know my wife and i do the the kind of less creepy thing of that and we just go on zillow and look at houses that we can't afford <laughs> Ooh, maybe we should do that it's super yeah, fun. that's definitely less creepy. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, thank you <laughs> for I, showing I me the light. <laughs> <laughs> I swear we're not creepy. 
um no it's super fun like literally we'll just be like what does a million dollar house look like in an area we would love to live in and then we're like oh actually we don't like that it's crazy i live in vancouver is the most expensive place to live in canada so like then every house that i see is like two million at least and it's like a regular house yeah it's it sucks the soul out of you but you're like wow this could be nice (laughs) cool (laughs) maybe use that blank check for a a basic like bungalow here (laughs) a two-bedroom bungalow (laughs) yeah exactly uh well uh thank you so much for being i loved catching up with you and getting to know a little bit of your story um thanks for having me man yeah people can find you of course at gold guys on youtube Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like do you, I think your most of your social media is private if I'm not mistaken but yeah I'm I yeah most of it's private but yeah. I mean yeah yeah if you want to follow gold guys it's gold guys <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah and gold yeah. guys on twitter right yeah, your brand oh my gosh yeah it's yeah. okay man like, it, it, yeah. um yes well like, I will provide all the links below for gold guys <laughs> um and all of that um yeah just thank you so much for doing this I really appreciate it yeah thank you it's been great man yeah uh well everyone go share this episode with all your friends and family and uh go follow passion project at passionproject.pod on facebook twitter and instagram and we will see you next time